welcome to Mystic Drip. Okay, so here we are again. And today I want to bring to you, I think, a juicy conversation. Maybe it's just, I think it's juicy. It may actually not be. But nonetheless, here I am. And what I want to share with you today is perhaps maybe an insight um, as to why you may not be able to do your the things that you want right whether they're your spiritual practices or your business non-negotiables or anything in that in that case anything in that frequency and oftentimes we get hung up on why why am I not doing these things or why does it feel so hard and so I have one point that I want to talk to you about it name it may be many things that cause your resistance right? Shadow, pattern, survival, um, experience, blah, 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 so many things. But there might be just one more sneaky little culprit. And I want to talk to you about that one today. Could it be maybe perhaps at very subtle level, undetectably, the reason you may not be doing the practices and the things that you want to do is essentially because you don't believe in them. That will bring anything that you go towards, anything you want to do, to a halt. Right? It, it will. So let's think about this for a moment. If you want to get into a meditation practice, usually when people get into a meditation practice, it could be because that's what their soul is calling them to do, want. Or maybe it was recommended by their health practitioner right mental health physical health whatever maybe they're like look you need to take a fucking time out you need to meditate maybe it's not meant for spiritual reasons like connecting to the divine maybe it's meant for relaxation and maybe you have a really busy mind and need to meditate uh, maybe you come into meditation because maybe you practice yoga maybe you practice some other modality and meditation is encouraged you know like there's so many reasons why you might have been aware of meditation and the reasons and the benefits and all the things that why you should try it um the thing about uh humans all of us is that most of the time we want something and we want um something in return right we're looking to if we make an investment whether that's our time energy or money we're looking for a return you know, if I love someone and if I'm expending that love energy, I'm also expecting love energy back, right? Which is not unconditional love, just saying. But the idea is that we are all kind to kind of doing transactional things throughout our lives. All entire lives is a transaction, right? Or another way of saying that it's a sale. Like every time you have to convince someone in your family of something that you want them to do, that's a sale, Right? So what I want to really start to get you to start thinking about in this moment is, do you actually believe in the processes that you want to do or practice, right? And I'm using meditation as an example, but we go into meditation most of the time if it's, you know, mental health related because we're looking for peace of mind. If we go into meditation to connect to God, we are looking for connection, and oneness, and a divine experience, right? A mystical experience. So 
can you see that most of the time when we are engaged in doing something, even that it's beneficial for us, is mostly because it's beneficial for us. But that doesn't mean that you believe in the process. So when your doctor or your coach or your friend or your, you know, religious leader, whatever, encourages you to do meditation, you go immediately into why that's beneficial to you. And that sometimes gets your curiosity and you're like, ah, peace of mind, da-da-da, yes, I want that, let's try it. Then you try it and it's really hard (laughs) and then you don't do it. So there's two reasons why you don't do it. One, resistance. There's resistance to something that is one, new, maybe you've never done it before, maybe it's too long, maybe it's too complicated, your mind is just like, how does it work? But like, I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed and my mind is going crazy, like, what should I do? I don't know, is this working? Am I doing it right? That resistance shows up. But there's this also side, this other side that it has yet to see the results for yourself. So it doesn't necessarily believe. Now, the belief can come through if it, if it, if it was a religious leader or someone, someone you idolize that tells you to do it. You might just use their belief. You might just be like, you know what? Sadhguru said to meditate. I am not my body. I am not my, my mind. I'm just going to do it. I trust that he's telling the truth. And then I'm just going to do it. Right. But why am I doing it? Because I believe him. Now, if I had resistance uh, against meditation and didn't believe that meditation was going to change my life, then I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't notice that that's what's really going on. The reason I'm sharing about this is because... I think most people that say they believe in God actually don't believe in God. I think they're blind to themselves, right? And I want to use the example of like a Catholic priest uh, or or the Catholic church who has been through years, maybe, I don't know, 50, 100 years, a long time, has had a really big problem with child abuse. We can think of the Mormon religion, you may see some of the the culty stuff on TV like I do and you may see that the same like the same thing is going on there right does it make sense so the, the thing that the Mormons do may be maybe they're not child abusers by their standards but you know that the I don't know what they call it like the old The old ones, the most conservative ones, the strict ones, you know, they want to marry women, women, according to their language, as 13, 14, younger, right? That kind of, that's child abuse, even though I don't want to call it that. (laughs) I'm not even mad at the fact that they have this idea of marrying multiple women. I don't mind that at all. I don't like the reason they do it. (laughs) But... I think about those men in Mormon uh, affiliations who feel that is godly and is right to marry teenager, teenage girls and younger. Let's see what else. What other religious um, organizations? Um, the Muslims, right? At the extreme, the extremist, they'll strap a baby with bombs. And by a baby, I mean a young child, a young person, an innocent person. They'll have them explode themselves 
for God. I want you to just see those examples and maybe even bring to mind examples of your own experience where these people are doing it, supposedly, in the name of God. It makes my skin crawl. I was talking to my mom yesterday. I was like, I am so sick of all this two-faced in the world. Now, in particular, me and my mom always talk about Christians because I grew up Christian, right? And it's not that I left Christianity. I actually learned what true Christianity was. But according to a, a, a Christian, like, you know, a Pentecostal, I'm confused, deluded, and distorted. And they have the truth. Everyone thinks they have the truth. But here's what I want you to ask yourself. If you actually hold within your religion and your belief systems the truth, why aren't you happy? I have rarely met happy Christians. Yet, I meet tons of gays that love life, that are full of generosity and kindness. And that's something the Christians will be like, you can't do that, you're going to hell. No, no, no. No kissing the same people. No sex with the same people. No, no, no. That is the worst thing you could do against God. Really? That's the worst thing. Merits no. Nothing, please. That's so silly. I think we have to mature into what things are and how silly they sound. For example, when you read a nursery, a nursery rhyme, Duck and Joe went up the hill, then daddy booty butt. We know that that's just a story and it's silly and we read it to kids, but we're not like Jack and Jill, we're real people and they're teaching us lessons. We, we take these stories from our re- religious groups so seriously like they're fact and we never dare challenge them. But the truth is, in my, the core of my truth is that if you are a priest, you would never hurt a child if you really believed in God. If you're from any Christian sect, including Mormons, and if you really, truly, actually believed in God, you would already know and feel convicted that the things to try to marry a child was not something Jesus would be happy about. Jesus is like, oh, okay, so you took a person who has no, 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 no self-autonomy, who's in completely under your control, who's a minor, who's a child, whose brain hasn't developed, and now she's your wife, and she does whatever you say. I don't know. I don't know that that is the gospel. <laughs> but that is what people are, are spreading around within their circles as truth. It is not truth. Don't care how mad you get about it. You think strapping a person with bombs, with the hope that when they die, they go to heaven and have virgins? What are women in heaven? Slaves? Sex slaves? No. Not true. Not true. Dare to be bold and courageous and challenge the status quo. Status, uh, challenge what you've been, you've been taught because it doesn't make sense. It's stupid. We've been taught to separate ourselves through religion, through race. Why? Why? I mean, nobody loves a black man more than a white woman. We all know that. Yet, we can't just accept that love is love. And ultimately, most religions out there are talking about how God is love. Really? God is love? Your God? Love? Your God is mean. And bratty. And he made people just so we are his slaves. Come on. 
we have to finally mature. We have to finally grow up. We have to finally see things for what they are and not be deluded by these, um, what someone called this mythical book, the Bible. I am not putting down the Bible or any other ancient text. I'm saying we don't understand it. And we certainly do not apply the shit that it tells us to do. Because if we did, even the most extreme things would lead us to God. You know why? Because someone who's looking for God will find God. And you can find God through whatever journey or path you're on. But it will require you to challenge the status quo. And more important, it's going to require you to actually believe in a God that is omnipresent. And that while you're there doing your thing, can see you. And you have to have accountability over that. So most people don't do their practices. Most people don't do the things that they need to do is because there's a part of them that has resistance, but there's a p- another part that doesn't believe it. You may not believe that meditation can change your life. What is sitting here? I had someone in uh, one of my clients say, well, every time I try to do something, my mind goes into, well, how does this work and why is it working? Okay. Cool. That's what you have to work through. How does it work and why is it working? Because I guarantee you that if you figured out how it works and how it's working, you would be the most revered human in the entire world because everybody wants to know how it's working. But sadly, it works different for everybody. So even when you have a deep revelation within your soul as to how it's meant to be, it's only for you. It's only for you. The guru is within. The love is within. It's all within. So, do you actually believe? Let's let's bring it this into like business. Let's just do it. Do you actually believe that posting every day will lead you to finding your clients? If you don't actually believe that, right? You have resistance, number one, to doing it. Maybe you just don't want to do it. Number two, you don't actually believe that it will help you. So the fact that you do it is actually going to prove to yourself that it doesn't work. And then you're sitting there thinking like, why is this working for everybody? Everybody has an email list. Everybody's doing this and, and, and I'm doing it and I'm doing everything they told me. And for some reason, I don't, why isn't it working? Oh, I know, I know. I have blocks. Let me go remove my blocks. I have another client who says, oh my God, I've just been doing this work for 10 years. Oh my God, I've done all the things. Okay. For 10 years. You've had insights onto what not to do uh, ultimately. Ultimately, for 10 years, you know, either you didn't develop enough consistency to really experience the thing that you're wanting to experience through your business, through um, your spiritual life, or, 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 (laughs) or there's a thing, or there's another thing. Right? But do you actually believe that doing the things that you do will actually change the course or the trajectory of your life? If you don't believe that, doing those things will never, ever get you to do them. In fact, it will just get you to further solidify the belief that these things do not work. And here's the thing that I find that's really interesting. Some people do not like social media. Then they hire a coach to teach them how to do social media. And maybe 
They never just sat down and thought, what if social media is not the thing for me? Because they're listening to a person who made social media work for them. This is actually like a thought that I've had about myself for so long. I'm just like, but I just do not like it. And I've done energy work on it. And I've done this on it. And I've done that on it. And I, and once you get to that point of exhaustion, like, well, I joined the courses. I did the things. I hired the coach, blah, 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 blah. And it still didn't work. That is all the ways that the divinity is telling you that that is not how it is going to be for you. And I, it, it's, it can't let you succeed in the wrong way. Think about that. If posting on social media every day is not for you, you can't succeed doing that. And those who find a way to post every day and succeed doing that find themselves in a place of unfulfillment. I had an experience when I was listening to a podcast by one of the biggest um, like manifestations influencers, I suppose. And it, sh- it shook me to the core that this woman has so much success, millions of dollars. Um, what else? Apparently, the love of her life just fixed her teeth, fixed her pimples, like just started to live this incredibly beautiful, like fairy tale life. And everybody's like, oh my God, tell me all about how you manifested all these things. Right? How many of us know influencers that like this? But then, somehow, some way, I was down the rabbit hole. And it was actually when I actually found shadow alchemy, which is a process invented by Lorna Gabriel. And her, she's, she's married now, so her name might have changed. But um, it's a really um, potent modality for um, subligating your negative emotions into the truth. The truth is always, and positive might not be the best word to use, positive emotions. But it's it's not like from negative emotion to positive emotion. It's from negative emotion to the God frequency, right? In the God frequency, there's no need for emotions. Everything is just perfect, whole, and complete, right? There's no need for emotions because you abide and live in that perpetual state of unconditional love. Nothing else matters in unconditional love. Compassion? Well, it's part of unconditional love, right? Anyways, I was so perplexed and I couldn't understand. Oh, little old me who've been blue in the face talking about these metaphysics that no one's listening to. I'm like, no one's listening to me. And then I go online and find people saying the things that I've said. I'm like, I've been saying this for years. Ah, And feeling all those feelings and emotions and, and all that. Yeah. I found myself in the shadow alchemy world and somehow i found myself in this very like high luxury coaching um sales page i didn't join because it was all high end and luxury and i didn't spend money on that so but i was definitely curious and i was like oh this is so elegant this is so juicy looking and so beautiful if you know anything about me beauty i am a sucker for beauty so, you know, that's one of my Achilles tendon or maybe one of my my gifts. I make everything beautiful. My homes are beautiful. My kids are beautiful. My photography is beautiful. The world's beautiful. It's my that's my contribution to my world. Right. Um, needless to say, when I found this influencer who has gotten popularity, so I got money. So she was out there essentially. Um, really moving and promoting 
law of attraction manifestation and to a certain subtle degree of spirituality which is just really going within yourself right maybe even personal development being a better person better than you think or whatever and i found through let me take you down the rabbit hole so i landed on this thing and it was called icons or something like that it was like luxury high-end coaching which i was like yeah i cannot do that right now or do i even want to do that right now but it was definitely something that pulled me attracted me i saw it it it, it I, I gravitated towards it i was curious about it and then i go into the testimonials and i see a testimonial of a few people and those that i was curious about I went into their website and saw the testimonials of people who work with them. And guess what I find? I find this very high luxury, not luxury, but very highly well-known <laughs> law of attraction influencer. And her testimonial was something like, after I've succeeded in life and have followers and money and the love of my life and i just had it all and still somehow still somehow i wasn't happy okay i'm you know being overly dramatic but that's like that was a tone i was like so you mean to tell me that the very thing that you're teaching people to do manifest the love of your life the money traveling around the world all the things the very thing you're teaching people to do is actually no longer making you happy or maybe it never did and all these people believe that what you have taught them for years was going to lead them to joy and happiness and you're not happy how interesting and how interesting that without that joy and happiness being in that in that moment of like i am so over this it's influencer thing. It's like, ugh, I'm bored by it. I want to do it. Yeah, these are people who say, I want to help people. I want to help people, but now I'm bored. I don't want to help people. I was like, what is happening? What am I reading? I made up a story about this person in my head that she was so amazing and such a good person. And then somehow I find that even while she's making half a million dollars a month, millions of dollars, she's deeply dissatisfied finds herself bored do you ever think that if you were rich as fuck that you'd be bored no you ever think that you ever think that everything that you work so hard to build once you're super rich suddenly will lose its meaning and it'll just be like ugh, who cares about all those people who you quote unquote supposedly helped you weren't helping yourself i mean you made money but that's because that's what you wanted. And you wanted money or she wanted money because she thought fulfillment was in there. And she made all this money and it wasn't. And it really shook me to the core. It shook me to the core because I have been the person who's still idolizing money, power, and influence. And I just thought for a second, I don't have to get to the point. Like uh, Jim Carrey shares all the time about how... You know, he, it, there's a quote that he has that says, um, I wish that everybody would get rich so they would know that it's it's not it's not what they want. It's really not there. What they're looking for is not there. And so it was that same concept of like, oh, my God, that's why it just kind of like makes no sense to just attempt to make people rich. Right. To just be like, use the law of attraction to get wealth. 
Because the reality is that even if you can attempt to get wealth, you can reach the heights of influencing as a spiritual coach. Come on. You could be well-known and popular and rich and have the love of your life and somehow feel just as unfulfilled as the poor dude in the corner. How? How is that the fucking experience? Like someone explain to me how you can teach something and say that it is responsible for your joy and happiness and then seek out a coach because you are not joyous and happy. Were you lying to yourself all that time? And even if you were, can you see the power of manifestation that even we can lock in and get really behind an idea of money, of power, of influence, but if that's not what you're meant to do, or maybe not how you feel fulfilled, you'll do it and don't feel fulfilled. And then life gets a little bit weirder because you're just like, dude, I did all the things. I actually got all the results. Yet here I am. More, more, more. Give me more. What is it all about? What is it all for? And I had that moment where I was like, you know what? I don't need to get rich. I don't need that experience. I want to get rich. And when I'm there, I want to know exactly what I'm going to do with that power. When I, like, a nicer car, a nicer house, I mean, the idea of unfulfillment is not external. Because a few weeks ago, this very same house that would make me unhappy, today, I'm thrilled about Today, I'm like, I love this house. It's so cute and adorable and I love it. And it's, it's the yard is so nice. And look at this. And I can't wait to put a fence in it. What is the difference in this house between two weeks ago when I was like, I don't like this. I don't like that. And today, the only difference is that today, because I feel fulfilled, I love it. I love it. I love every fucking corner of this house. It has been my nest. It has been my chrysalis. It has allowed me to grow and mature in my spiritual life. It has allowed me to deepen into my belief. We started this conversation about like, maybe you're not doing your practices. Maybe you're not doing the work because you just don't believe. And in the Bible, it says that there's a story where a man tells Jesus, help my unbelief. How many times have I said that? God. Do I even believe in God? I have so many of those moments while I'm talking to God. Does that sound insane? (laughs) Do I actually believe? And the most important part that I think I want you to hear and understand is that belief comes through exposure. Belief comes through practice. Belief comes through repetition. Do you believe that Your practice can heal you and transform your life. You don't have to believe. You don't. All you have to do is repeat, practice, commit. That's all you have to do. And a very very short amount of time, you will believe. And you will just never go again and, and will never even understand not believing. I remember um, walking, and I've shared this story before, I'll share it again, walking and suddenly finding myself in a place where I saw divinity in everybody. I was like, that's God, and that's God. And I was having a complete overwhelming feeling inside of like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap, this is God, this is God, that is God. And I was having a whole moment. 
And then today, I saw something, a video on YouTube. I don't remember exactly what I was looking for. I think I was just looking for like a quick breath work or quick meditation because I had it on my computer and I didn't want to open my computer. I had my phone. So it was like a, it was just like, a, I'm looking for something and I don't, I'm too lazy to get up and, and actually properly do it. So, um, I don't know what I had put this morning, but I found a video and I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. And one of the quotes from there that stood out was from uh, a Muslim mystic, Islam mystic. I don't know what the term is, but you know, it, it was a quote. And I don't remember the quote directly. I just know what spoke to my heart. And the quote was something along the lines is when I try to go to preach the word of God or try to teach the word of God and I look at everybody around me, who should I teach? Who should I teach? Because that person was having the same experience I had. It's like, well, if that's God, what I'm going to go up to God and teach him about himself? But I'm going to go up to God and just be like, hey, God, you should meditate. Hey, God, you should, you know, work out and exercise. And God's like, I have autonomy. I'm sovereign. I'll do what I want. I am God. And see, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I totally get what he's talking about. That is the experience that I was having. I was having the experience that when I was trying to be better than other people by thinking, ah, I'm more enlightened, I'm a mystic, I'm doing all the things, suddenly everyone is God and I'm so small. I'm so tiny because I'm one person and everyone I saw was God. There's so many out there, so many gods. And then there's me having that awakening, having that experience. Who should I teach? Who should I go and preach and teach and and and, and, and help? Who should I help? God? <laughs> like, what? And his oneness is really hard to explain because oneness is it's an experience. And so experiences very rarely can be contained within just words. But as you practice your practices, whatever it is that you want to practice, number one, check and make sure... That is aligned and attuned with who you really are. If you're not meant to post every day, if you force that in, force it. Do it. Whatever. It still won't work, so just let it go. Can you just let it go? But if you know in your heart or hearts that posting every day is meant for you and you have resistance around it and who gives a shit, so what? Like, we have to make resistance like so minor is it uh, i'm getting so excited right because it's like come on people wake up let's let's look at god and the devil in christianity we think that the devil is you know subjected to whatever god tells god this devil can't run around and just do whatever right that's what i was taught in christianity that the devil still has to obey god really i don't understand that because i thought he rebelled and became the devil Anyways, but if we even contemplate the concept of a God that is good and a devil that is bad, we first have to analyze that if God is the original one, the first one, and he made the devil, that he's still, whether we understand that or not, that he's still more powerful than the devil. Like, how could you ever do make something more powerful than you if you are all-knowing, all-powerful? <laughs> like, it just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, so in, in, in Christian churches, there's always, like, this battle between God and the devil. And think about it. How often is the devil winning? <laughs> it feels like more often than God. 
But what if that was just a made-up concept? And just sit with it for a second. What if the God and the devil were made-up concepts and that is not really at all what the divine is about? And we used and we made a devil, right, to avoid responsibility, the responsibility of who we are. And so I want you to think about, yeah, maybe you don't want to do your practices, you have persistence and feel into that. But if you, you feel that there's something that you truly want to do and it's meant for you, then don't put any heavy, heavy stock on the resistance. When you face your fears, when you face uh, resistance, you'll realize how powerless it really is. But it's not until you fucking step up to it front and center and just be like, bitch, what? And I'm going to do it anyway. And the, re and the rewards of that commitment, of that discipline, it's so much juicier that I can explain. As someone in my, in my, um, one of my clients says, well, I started meditating. Uh, haven't had any transcending experiences yet. How often have you meditated? Two days. For how long? Five minutes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Baby steps. You'll get there. Let's work on that habit. Let's work on that commitment. Right? Let's work on the real reasons why we do the things that we do. If you're looking to practice something for some material reward, right? Maybe it's time to be more integral. Maybe it's time to be a person of so much integrity that for some reason, somehow, who you are inside matters more than what you look like and what you can manifest physically. Because I am in state of euphoria sometimes <laughs> thank god especially this morning i was just like woo, like dancing and feeling so good and nothing about my life has changed except the way i feel and i feel better because every single day i work on getting rid of what's in the way of who i really am i don't i'm not trying to get to know god i'm trying to get the shit that's in the way that doesn't allow me to know that i already know god I'm on that, like, oof, I'm on that Christ consciousness level. Like, let's, let's fuck off the middle, man. Let's go directly to God. Like, why not? How much more fun would it be to go to a class and learn online from a student of a student of a student versus going to the workshop online front and center and being the first in the, on the first row to a teacher or a mentor that you can hug them and touch them and have a real relationship with. Let me tell you something else about the coaching industry. What people are paying for, the transformations they're paying for, they're paying for friendships. They're paying for connection. And those at the top know it. They know it. There's nothing that they do or don't do. But why is it that the minute that a person connects with a high-level coach, they start transforming their lives as well? Why does that happen? It has nothing to do with what they do. Maybe they believe it. But it's just because in that moment, when they've pulled that credit card out, they are now in one container. Both of those, the coach and the student or the mentee or whatever the names are. How do you figure? Well, because our agreement fuses our energy together because in reality, we are one. There's not you out there, me in here. It's us. And that us is just one. 
It's a paradox, and it's hard to explain again because these are all experiences. If you want to have the experience of having euphoria and oneness, it's not going to come from you doing what I do. It's going to come from you doing what you're meant to do. And sometimes we don't know what that is unless we go into a space of divinity. We go into that space and ask, right? I think Abraham Hicks and the Bible both says, ask and it shall be given. The Bible says, knock and the door shall be open. In this space, in this meditation space, when you're doing it for the right reasons, you're knocking on the door. And the door is open, but you still have to walk through. I told one of my clients, I was just like, girl, you're at the door. Like, look at this pretty door. I was like, walk in. (laughs) We have a section in the God Academy that is called the meditation. It's a temple of meditation. And it has just a variety of meditations that I find useful because as a Gemini, I need a lot of variety and stimulation in my life in different areas and in different ways. And sometimes the modalities that I use, they lose their power. Essentially, it's because I get bored with them, right? And we are the ones giving our processes meaning anyway. So when I have a whole library of meditation techniques that you can go, right? Once where you start getting bored or even when that resistance comes in, you can go in there and you can just eeny, meeny, miny, mo a meditation, <laughs> And pick and see what happens. This week, we're working on a flame meditation, which is um, it both takes in the external and the internal. And the way to do it is you stare at a candle, you stare at the flame for a few minutes, then you close your eyes and you see that image inside your mind's eye. And you stay in that mystical world You just go deep within. There's nothing else to do there. So one of the things I want you to know is that the meditation practices that I teach are not based on any Eastern philosophy. Some of them could be. They could be, right? We have some tantric uh, meditations on there that are really powerful, that that are meant to support you beyond the course, even though the course is a year. But these are practices that are to be done every day for years, for the rest of your life sometimes. These are for mastering the elements. You want to master the element of water? You're not going to be able to do that just meditating once for five minutes, right? But meditating once for five minutes begins the process and then we work on building that momentum. That is the power behind the program that we, that (laughs) the the God Academy, if you, if you would join, we actually work with momentum. Momentum is so important and we forget that at the beginning stages of any journey or any endeavor, we have to work on our momentum. We have to just work on consistency. Think about um, when people first start playing an, a musical instrument, the first time you picked up a guitar, the first time I picked up a guitar, I was like, you have no idea. But a few months, I knew some chords and I can play it without looking. And my man and I didn't stick to it. So, of course, I don't know how to play the guitar, even though I want to. <gasps> oh, fuck. I got to download. Maybe I have to play the guitar. Damn it. i'm excited but sad about it because sad i'm like damn that's something else i gotta do but i'm excited because i feel like there's so much magic in music okay i gotta take a note of that before i forget okay let me let you go now because now i'm too excited about that but you know ask yourself am i doing my practices because i want to because i want to connect to god is there a physical result manifestation and now of course i'm i'm primarily speaking here on being a mystic and be in leading with a spiritual life without dogma, right? And without fear. But you can utilize this in any area of your life. 
Actually, let's talk just for a brief moment about orgasms, right? The number one thing I want you to know is that when you join the God Academy, and right now it's at $44 a week or $2,222 pay in full, when you join, you will also simultaneously receive so it's like a bundle or a bonus whatever call it with a fuck ever you want it's my turn on abundance course that it's my money it's it's like my money and sex magic program except i teach money without focusing on money <laughs> so it's a money program that doesn't focus on money um and money without money what's that first part oh and the second part is we use the energy of sex the energy of orgasm okay so let me tell you really quickly about orgasm because i've always been into orgasms and will forever be into them i've always gotten people to ask me about them and even friends and i'm always like girl let's go you need to explore this world deeply and so when i get this question when I start to a lot, talking a lot about sexuality and things like that, when I get this question of like, well, how do I have more orgasms? How do I have deeper orgasms? How do I have longer orgasms? There's a bunch of modalities, methods, and things that I can tell you. But the very thing that I tell everybody is in order to have more orgasms, you have to have more orgasms. What? Like, bitch, that's the question. Okay, what does that actually mean? That means that if you're looking to have more orgasms, then you have to get into an orgasmic practice. What's an orgasmic practice looks like? It looks like having an orgasm every day. What? That seems like a lot. Well, do you, ha- do you want to have more powerful orgasms? That is step one. And that you see that I will always take you back to momentum. I will always take you back to you want more orgasms? Then start having an orgasm every day. Well, what if I can't have an orgasm every day? Well, why don't you try to have an orgasm every day? Well, what if I don't have any time? Okay, well, don't, don't have an orgasm and be miserable because orgasms make you happy, make me happy. And actually, they heal you on three levels, mental, energetic, and body. So having orgasms is the most delicious pleasure medicine But most people will find reasons and excuses as to why they can't have an orgasm a day. Now, some people may say, well, it takes me like 20 minutes. Well, it takes me like 30 seconds. But I've been practicing for years. That's the power of momentum. If you want to get into any place in your life where you want to be fully empowered, it will always, always, always begin with doing it over and over. It will begin with repetition. It will begin with discipline. It will begin with practice. And last but not least, what is the difference between practice and doing? Many people that join programs, myself included, they say, well, I've been doing these things for a couple of days. I don't feel anything. Okay. Or I just did this one thing and I didn't feel anything. Okay. Well, that's because you did it. And when you do something, it usually is a one-time thing or whatever. But when you practice, even the word practice has an inherent, um, like, kind of premise that it's something you do frequently that's like ultimately what it means so anything that you want to master you have to practice and here's the best part that i want you to link on when you practice and in this particular thing i want to encourage you to practice meditation i want you to practice like a master 
I want you to get on a daily meditation habit. I want you to start easy, easy, easy peasy. Start with one minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. If you cannot sit there with yourself very long. And just every week, increase it by one minute. And when you're doing that minute, you visualize yourself as that very thing that you desire. As being the master mystic who has in a deep connection with the divine and cannot live outside of it. And for that moment, when you're in that meditation, for even for a minute, in that moment, you tell yourself, you reassure yourself that you are one with the divine and the fact that you don't know it and don't feel it does not matter. It's irrelevant. It's distortion. And you do it for a minute. And then the next week, two minutes. And the following three minutes. And you'll keep doing it until you will work yourself into having a daily meditation habit. And then I want you to text me or call me or message me or find me on the interwebs and tell me and tell me about it if you do that your entire life will change in 20 weeks what is 20 weeks in a few months what is it worth it to you and it's so easy one minute a day are you kidding are you actually kidding me that's how my little boy would say it okay that is all i have for you today Ah, I'm complete. Oof, everything that needed to be said was said. I love you. Bye. Just before you leave, I want to tell you a little bit about me. I am a Puerto Rican mother of three. I run my own business. I'm an artist, a coach, a mentor, a photographer, creative director, and so many other things. I want to let you know what I do. I help mystics attune to the highest potential without needing to be a saint and without sacrificing who you are, I help you hold your standards and your values, and I help you experience more ecstasy, bliss, euphoria, and an orgasmic life using the ecstatic alchemy method, so that you can manifest in a constant state of awe and experience an orgasmic life that blows your mind every single day. Ha, ha, ha.